0: Hello and welcome to another episode, episode 4 of the Health Hustle TV and radio podcast. My name's Adam Light and we've got an interesting guest here for you, Paul Burgess. Paul and I go way back to my kind of days of sort of fitness modelling and competing in shows and all this kind of stuff and Paul helped me out with some sticky situations uh, which we'll probably go into a little bit more but uh, welcome to the podcast Paul, thanks for your time. Thanks
1: mate, it's good to be here.
0: Yeah, brilliant! It's, um, it's, a, it's a good bit of work you're doing. It should be, um, it should make itself into a good series. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I've I've really enjoyed the process so far, and uh, it's just a pleasure to have you on. And you actually had me over on your podcast as well, mate. So I thank you for for doing oh, that. That's
1: no, all, right.
0: that was all brilliant. good. Brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Uh, right, so tell us a little bit about your background, Paul. What it is you do so that the kind of listeners have a bit more of an idea about who you are and what you're all about. Okay,
1: so. I run a company called Athletic Fitness and Nutrition, and we specialize in using what I like to think of as cutting edge technology to get good results for clients. So our clients range from normal kind of people that you'd see that have got uh, health issues and generally digestive problems, Um, that also comes with other health issues as well, but we won't go so much into that now. pro athletes, competitors, that kind of crowd, and we use um, functional medicine, we use uh, DNA testing, we use blood testing, and we use my own um, experience and and what I know from nutrition to get them into the, the shape that they want, depending on what their goal is. So if their goal is to compete, then we would approach it in one way if they've come to us because they've got really bad digestion and they're bloating and the doctor's told them they've got IBS but they don't know how to cure it, then we'll deal with that in a slightly different way. So anything to do with nutrition really, and we do a bit of personal training as well, depending on what the client needs. Yeah. The whole thing, mate.
0: The whole shebang, Mate, that sounds absolutely amazing. Um, I was wanting to, to kind of talk a little bit about you know, the importance of calories and if and when we should be using them and how to use them and stuff like that, but you've kind of brought up some interesting points there that probably make a much more interesting conversation. Well, well,
1: firstly, you definitely need calories, so you'll definitely need to bring them in at some point. You can't do it without.
0: You think everyone should track calories? Uh, Well, I
1: think you need calories, whether you should track them or not doesn't even matter, but you definitely need them.
0: Yeah, (laughs) oh yeah. You said if and when you need them. Aye, well you're right <laughs> you're right actually sorry i'm on your wave main... I'm on your wavelength now you' <laughs> no, you're definitely right so functional what was that functional testing functional
1: functional medicine is basically a process by which we test clients holistically, so everything gets tested um organs um hormonal structure how certain parts of the body are re- interacting with other parts I mean, so when you approach an issue like that what will happen is something like for example let's say somebody's not breaking down fats properly mm-hmm. and they're not metabolizing fat I mean look at their system and they say oh, okay well you're not metabolizing fat so for some reason you're not producing enough bile from the gallbladder let's say so you turn and say okay right well Realistically, you just got a supplement with lipase, which is an enzyme that breaks down fat, and then you know the problem solved. Well, what we do is we look at well, why is the gallbladder not working, or why is the pancreas not working, or why is the liver subfunctional, and then we'll look at trying to cure what the issue is. So, give an example. You went and had an interesting experience recently with Mr. Dinghy Mosquito. Whatever it's called. Right? Yeah, I
0: had the dengue virus when I was on oh. holiday, that's right.
1: Right? Which is horrendously unpleasant for anyone that gets it, especially like yourself who spent a lot of time in hospital and it was very unpleasant. Yeah. Now, so far as the doctors are concerned and your consultant, they're saying that you're pretty much cured and you're on your way to good health and, you know, God willing, everything works out fantastic. Mm-hmm. However, you might come to me in ten years' time and say, Do you know what, Paul? Got this big problem, I keep having uh I don't know, digestive issues or I keep having some Chronic
0: sort of, bloating or something like that?
1: Yeah, so it could be anything, right? Or I can't lose weight. I've been trying and trying and i just I'm not losing weight, it's not happening. and I've tried everything. Right? So you've tried your calorie counting, you've tried your exercise, you've tried this, that and the other. Doctors don't know anything. There's nothing wrong. They've done your bloods. There's nothing wrong with your bloods. You've done a stool test. There's nothing in your stool that says it's a bacterial infection or you've got parasites or anything like that. So we do a test and we find that a variant of that dinghy virus is in your liver, let's say. And it sits there and doesn't do anything. It's quite happy to sit there. But
0: occasionally it comes out, causes a bit of a fracas, and then it goes back in again. Mm
1: -hmm. And without you... Knowing that, and then knowing how to treat that, you can go to every doctor in the universe, but they will not pick that up.
0: Yeah. Um, Now I'm not saying we're geniuses. I mean, we're pretty good.
1: (laughs) Close to it. What What I am going to say is, when you look at functional medicine, it's about the body and how it works properly. So, I've had loads of clients that have done exactly what you've done. Been on a holiday, got a bout of food poisoning. So. Go to the Dominican Republic, let's say, get about food poisoning, come back. The food poisoning's gone. The symptoms that present themselves have gone after a couple of weeks, and they think nothing's wrong. And then they come to us you know, five, six, eight years, ten years later, wherever it is, and we find out that there's part of that bacteria still hanging around, or the virus still still sitting there, or a the parasite is still sitting there and needs to get removed. So functional medicine is all about getting the system working properly. It's not to do with body composition as such.
0: But well, they sort but of go—they so- go a little bit hand in hand, right?
1: Oh yeah, I mean you've got to get your body right to yeah. get your body comp right. But competitors, whilst we're on that subject, generally you find are pretty good metabolically anyway, mm-hmm. because they think they've got an inkling for it. They think they're in pretty good nick, and they normally are, and that makes our life very easy because all we've got to do is adjust their bits, their, their calorie intake and out output a little bit and all of a sudden we get these miraculous results we did exactly the same with you two years ago
0: mm-hmm.
1: you weren't in a particularly bad way other than the fact that you had some adrenal issues prior to that
0: mm-hmm. so just for everyone knows I did a, a show that Paul actually coached me for so that's kind of how I got to know Paul a bit more personally and stuff like that and he really helped me come in for that show I ended up winning that show so he's obviously done, done a good job and on the kind of show subject uh, usually you really don't feel that great going into a show and it's probably, I didn't feel fantastic, don't get me wrong but it's the best I definitely felt and uh, especially off the back of, as you as you mentioned, mentioned those adrenal sort of problems that I did have
1: yeah. and what you've got to realise is had you gone to uh, you know, an AN other coach when you were adrenally fatigued and they said, yes, yeah, no problem, we'll get you going, we'll, we'll sort you out, don't worry, we just need to support your adrenals by hitting up some more caffeine, or just do this, that, and you know, the other, <laughs> this is your standard approach, yeah. you, would, you would have fallen off the wagon within a few weeks and been very, very sick. Again. But, yeah. But because we kind of worked on getting that right first, then you're able to go and compete subsequently. Mm. To that. But going back to what we were saying, generally, those competitors are pretty good anyway. They're not really metabolically broken, if you like. Their metabolism works well. They can lose a bit of body fat. They've just got to be a bit disciplined, way measure their food for a few weeks, do a bit of cardio, train properly, and they're going to come in somewhere around the right numbers. The, the, the difference is with the good coaches, they will get them to be very good at the end. When they stand on stage, they will win their comp. Anybody can prep, but getting it on that last ten percent is what's important. You yep. wouldn't get somebody who's ill competing or who's quite a heavy, stocky sort of person that has a lot of trouble losing weight competing over an eight or twelve week prep, you'd wanna do personally, I use like a six or eight months kind of prep for that because we want to get them really in a very good place before they before they start cutting. Yeah.
0: Um but yeah
1: so functional medicine means getting everything right, that is broken, and literally I've had clients 25 years with IBS that we've honestly sorted out in 8 or 9 days.
0: God, that and is was, amazing.
1: And it's great. and mate, it works really well. And then obviously we do our DNA testing.
0: And is that with a lot of supplementation, or is that just tweaking diet, or is that just limiting Depends. food choices?
1: everybody's different. Yeah, so you will have a different issue to the next person, the next person, next person. So, we will use um, naturopathics, herbal remedies, homeopathic sometimes, um, obviously, diet and nutrition, um, vitamins, minerals, uh, antioxidants, all sorts.
0: Yeah, all depends on what the challenge is. Basically, if you've had a challenge, you know, and you're struggling to solve that, that challenge. Paul is your man nutritionally. You've kind of got the tools to take it that step further to really yeah, find. Yeah, give us a Yeah,
1: absolutely. If they want to get in contact with us, then more than happy to have a talk and
0: see if we can do anything for no problem. Brilliant. So as for kind of the I suppose the sort of five percentile, but going back to the sort of the ninety five percentile, it just wants some sort of tips and and tricks of how how to kind of control their diet to get results, but still be able to sort of live their their lifestyle. Do you do you still coach people like that with those kind of goals, or is it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we yeah, you know, generally we will get people come to us that say um, we want to lose weight. Yeah, that's normally the driver behind it. But then you need to dig down a bit deeper and say, well, why do you want to lose the weight?
0: Yeah,
1: why do you want to get to, you know, cover model, or you want to get to, I don't know, sub ten percent body fat? What's the real reason behind it? 'Cause a lot of people think that once they get there they will feel great and be happy. And that's not the case.
0: Yeah. We talked about so this in your podcast.
1: You've got a managed expectation on some people where, you know, guys to be sub ten percent, there's only a very small percentage of people that can function like that all year round and be okay. Yeah. Most of us need twelve, fifteen percent as a as a walk around type of weight for us to be Healthy, yeah. yes, you can drop it down under 10, under 8, under I had one at four, three and a half percent, I think last year, something ridiculous. But you can do them, but it's only for short periods of time. So, the people that come to us, we want to find out why what's motivating them because that's going to be important. I know halfway through a program when they start saying, Well, I really want to eat my weight in ice cream, yeah. can't control that, right? And um, I think. The first thing to do with any client is to make sure that their underlying health is right. So, if they're coming to you and and they haven't, or they, or they think they're eating well, generally these are the two things I get. My diet's my diet's good, and I sleep really well, because I'll ask them that question: How do you sleep? How's your energy? Mm-hmm. How's your digestion? Yep. That kind of stuff. And they go, Yeah, sleep's fine. I got a bit of Eleven o'clock, and I wake up at seven.
0: Yeah,
1: and then you say to them, "Okay, so you don't ever get up and go to the toilet." And then they say, oh, "Yeah, I'll probably get up like two or three times at night." So well, then your sleep's no good, then. So, you know, you, you, what your what their concept is of good mm-hmm. is is so far out, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and then you ask them about their diet, and they say, "Yeah, yeah, my diet's pretty good." So with us, I'll I'll take a um a food diary for seven days which they need to put into MyFitnessPal so I can see it remotely exactly what they're eating. Um, 100% of people will underestimate what they eat, so they'll always be wrong, but they'll be a pretty good idea. Um, and Once we've got that, I can then look at whether they're putting on weight or they're losing weight or whatever it is they're doing. If their weight is stable at that calorie intake, then we know we just need to make some small adjustments and we can get them losing weight, but... We also need to make this lifestyle adaptation, which is make sure you're getting in the right kind of calories. We're taking out all the known irritant foods, wheat, dairy, gluten, legumes and grains to start with. So we'd want to take them out to start so that we get rid of any underlying systemic inflammatory problems. And then we need to build in something that's flexible. So if someone... Works crazy hours it, uh, or or their job means that they cannot eat on a regular like every two or three hours, whatever nonsense that is, and they go oh well, I can't eat every three hours well then don't worry about it don't eat every three hours, yeah, have your breakfast, have your lunch, have your dinner yeah end up stop worrying about it or oh, it 's got to be every two hours because it fires up my metabolism no it doesn't it's nonsense so Getting it as flexible as possible for the client is a major contributor to success of that
0: yeah.
1: because if, if they're not compliant to it because they can't stick to it, then they might as well not be doing it. And yes, people can go out and have an ice cream at the weekend or you know, if they want pizza they can. I mean, it's not particularly good food. There's, there's no way of dressing it up. It's just crap. But you know, if someone wants to go out at the weekend and they want to go and have – you know, steak and chips and ice cream to finish or whatever, or they're going to the cinema and they want to take their popcorn or sweets or whatever else it is, then why not?
0: Yeah, but you would yeah, say to not. them, make sure it's within your calorific value for the day.
1: Not necessarily. If they want to, if, it depends on how stressed they are about this whole scenario. Now, if their goal is weight loss, then yes, you've got to be a little bit more sensible about how much you have. Right? It's no point going out, oh, yeah, I've I went out and I did have a few drinks and I had had some pizza and so on and and you end up eating 5,000 calories that day when your daily intake is 2,200. That's going to affect your results. But if someone's just trying to live a a good lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle, and balance is part of that, and part of that balance is not being stressed about every single thing you put in your mouth, and they want to go out and have a little bit extra that day, it's not the end of the world. It's all goal-driven. So if the goal is weight loss... Yeah, you've got to stay within it. If the goal is health and a good lifestyle that's long-lasting and you can do forever, then you know what? If you go any eat 4,000 calories tomorrow and one of the meals is crap, yeah, don't stress over it mm-hmm. because there's no point. I'll give you a good example. I don't eat pasta ever. It- that's a lie, but very, very rarely. Okay? Now, I've got a client of mine who's a professional boxer, a guy called Derek Chisora, and he's fighting for the European title again soon and um, I had to meet with him and his team the other night and we were in a restaurant and his team were late, funny enough he was on time which makes a real big change because normally
0: he's... (laughs) Is that right? That's Um, brilliant, having a high profile client like that.
1: Yeah, I've got got a few. That's amazing. We've worked with in the past but um, so we sat in there, sat there at this restaurant and I'd just finished a CrossFit class, don't judge me but... Um, it's, I'm not it's, judging.
0: It's, I think I think it's great.
1: It's so hard, right? And um, so I just finished that. I actually it was Monday. I tell you what, it was Monday night, and I I've been doing CrossFit for a while, and I decided I needed to know a little bit more about the calorific burn in a in a class. And so I got a a pretty good Polar Bluetooth. Um, was this I, this Monday? This one just gone,
0: yeah, yeah. Mate, I got an update on my phone that says, like, congratulate, because we're friends in fitness pal, it says, yeah, yeah, congratulate yeah. Paul for burning one and a half thousand calories or whatever it was, and I was like, bloody hell, what is he doing to burn that? Has he been exercising all day or something? Well, do you know what, Monday was a funny one, because I trained, I trained in the afternoon, and then I did uh,
1: CrossFit in the evening, and that evening class alone burnt something like 830 calories. In an hour, it was madness, mate, crazy. Anyway, so I've gone to meet him, and he sat there. Goes, "Should we have something to eat?" And honestly, I looked on the menu, and I said, Do "You know what? I'm going to have ravioli." It was in the Italian restaurant. It was it was made there. It's handmade. All the rest of it. I never eat pasta, mm-hmm. but I'd burn stupid calories that day, like you said, over a 1, thousand, twelve hundred calories on, on on exercise that day. i would eat them properly anyway, and it didn't make the blindest bit of difference to my weight having a portion of ravioli that night big deal right so i know that i can have it on that day because my calorie balance is well within what it should be and it's just one of those things i'm not going to stress about it i'm going to worry about it so when you're in tune with that kind of stuff you can live on a you know a normal life and not have a problem with it it's the people that get so wound up about every gram and and every meal and every kind of meal timing yeah
0: it's actually detrimental to them because it, it just gives them too much stress. Sorry, I've got to sneeze. Oh, it's not going to come. Sorry, I do apologise. So you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, like pasta and stuff there is a common one that a lot of people take out. I read an interesting book actually called Wheat Belly. Yeah. And, uh... Can't remember name. God, that's a, that's a, a, that was a big eye-opener. And since then, I've always been wary about having, like, wheat and gluten and stuff like that in my diet. And I have... I do notice the difference, you know what? Especially... I mean, my gut is actually okay, but I feel like when I eat big portions of pasta and things like that, I feel lethargic and it makes me negative. Yes. It definitely Something has an impact on how... Reason,
1: reason for that? Celiac disease is a, is the, the common
0: gluten issue that people have. Yep. And when you have celiac, it
1: um, breaks down some of the intestinal villi that... Line the wall of your small intestine, and you end up not being able to absorb food. So you can have the best diet in the world, but if you're not absorbing it, you know that's that's a big, big problem. People do die from it. However, a lot of people are okay with gluten. You know, they're not intolerant to it. So, like you say, your gut is okay; it's not a problem. The thing with gluten, and gluten is a protein that sits in wheat. Um. And do you know what? Sorry, this is a, a slight sidetrack, but someone posted something online yesterday about wheatabix, protein wheatabix.
0: Really?
1: With with um, protein from wheat. And, uh, and basically, what they've done is filled it with gluten.
0: Oh, that's brutal. That's, because that's the thing of it, right? But anyway, um, so gluten,
1: when you eat it, it will not only cross the gut blood barrier, because that's what protein does and and the amino acids are absorbed and got into the bloodstream, but when it's in the bloodstream, it will also cross the brain-blood barrier and it attaches itself to the same sensors in the brain as class A drugs. So it becomes very addictive in that if you have a bowl of pasta, you might find that half an hour later you want something else which is glutinous
0: bread you say, yeah you man Yeah. go
1: for bread or you might go for tiramisu or cake yep. or biscuits or something else with it in because it's that stodgy sort of thing you want if you don't eat bread ever and you're going to have two slices of toast yep. you'll find not long after that you will want something else sweet or glutiny.
0: yep 100% it's, yeah that's got me written all over it
1: because that's the way it attaches to the brain.
0: And that's get most people written all over it. Most people are like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: absolutely. And um, So the trouble is it makes you want to go and eat other stuff that is fast-releasing carbohydrate to give you a bit of a high, which is going to cause you to hold a bit of fat because it's going to spike your insulin. And generally, it's wasted calories, pretty empty calories. So um, when you say, well, I'm, my gut's okay, but I feel a bit tired or I you know, get a bit of brain fog or whatever else it is, that is the reason. Um, best to stay away from it, really. It's got no real value.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, I, I, like one of the first things I'll do with a lot of clients, you know, the same thing with you, getting them to input everything they're eating, like totally everything they're putting past their lips. Yeah. And uh, you find out where they're kind of sitting weight wise and things like that and how they're responding to that. But, you know, with everybody, as soon as you take out wheat and gluten after about a week, they've lost weight, less water retained, yeah. they're feeling more positive. It's unbelievable, the, the the effect it can have.
1: Absolutely. And, and to to be fair, when I if I do take a client on it that's like that, I will take out wheat, dairy, gluten, legumes, so it's anything that comes in a pod, including peanuts, right, anything that comes in a pod, and grains. And they will look at me like I have lost my mind, and they'll say, what am I going to eat? Yeah. And you turn around and go, well, you're going to eat lots of good, quality, lean protein, more vegetables than you've ever eaten in your life and loads of good healthy fats and you can live very nicely on that thank you very much if they are training hard or they have a performance goal they need to meet on a weekly basis then they will need some starchy carbohydrate because that's where that power will come from and so I would use um, sweet potato and white potatoes because both of which are pretty non-irritant in the gut and both are absorbed very well. Yeah. So you've got good sources of carbohydrate, good source of protein, loads of veg, good fats. I don't see what you know. You can have a million different combinations of food there.
0: And do you start bringing well. some more stuff back in?
1: Yeah, after four weeks, right. when we sit, when things have settled down a bit, normally it takes four or five weeks for the gut to settle down properly, for sleep patterns to kind of get themselves in a bit of order. Um, digestion to be right you know say some people how's your digestion good yeah it's fine because, well, how, how many times do you go to the toilet and they go well, I don't know, once every four or five days maybe maybe twice a week mm-hmm. I mean, what are you talking about should we go, once or twice a day you're eating every day yeah it's mental with. so that's got to be worked on as well and obviously we'd look at probiotics and digestive enzyme function and so on and so forth but um, so after about a month things are pretty much settled down Then we can look at bringing in the least irritant kind of food. So the first thing you'd use is is a dairy product with very little lactose in it. So something like butter, um, uh, yogurt, Greek yogurt especially is pretty good.
0: You know, for somebody, for somebody kind of sitting there that's, that's not got much knowledge in nutrition and stuff like that, let's say they were to take out all those things that we were talking about, what kind of results would they expect to see within that sort of four-week period as just an experiment to themselves?
1: In the four weeks, the first thing you'll do is you'll find that if you do experience any bloating or any water retention around your middle, and likelihood is that will go. You will certainly feel within a few days that you'll have more energy. Now you might have a slump in the first two or three days because that's your body coming off of all the sugar and carbohydrate that it's been running on. But once that's done, after three or four days and your body starts changing, you'll find that you're not falling asleep in the afternoon, your energy's gonna getting a lot more steady um, and you'll just feel more focused. So a lot of times if you have a high carbohydrate meal or it's a gluten meal or something like that, like you said, you feel very foggy or you can't that's think straight. Whereas when you're eating good fats, you will eat. Uh, you you will be able to focus far far better. So you'll you'll see that happening. Your sleep will improve for sure. Um, digestion will improve, um, and then after about four weeks, you'll see that your skin's improved. Anything that's inflammatory, any inflammatory issues that you've got, will definitely improve. So anything with an itis in it, so arthritis, something like that. Yep. That is an inflammatory response. Things like eczema, psoriasis, that's another is psoriasis, which is a skin um, inflammatory response, Um, eczema, like I say, asthma, um, swelling of the joints, stiffness in the hands, that kind of stuff. Anything like that, you will see will undoubtedly improve. Yeah, is that the same with gout? No, you've got to be careful with gout because gout is. The crystallisation of molecules
0: on the Joint. Um, cartilage and on the uh, joints. Yeah. And if you've got gout, the one thing people don't realise is the biggest issue with it is fructose. Right. So they'll go
1: to a doctor and go right. You've got to cut out all the rich meat, all, all the like the, the liver and the dark meat and the red wine and all this stuff. And
0: they're thinking fruit and veg.
1: And you've got to go and eat nice and yeah, yeah. eat clean and everything else and that fructose will absolutely ruin you.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, if it's gout that you're dealing with, that's got to go, and you've got to deal with it in a certain different way, but um, it will certainly um, improve those things, and then almost when you draw a line under everything after four weeks, you can then bring stuff back in and say, okay, here's some milk, try that, and if they have a glass of milk, and within 20 minutes, they feel awful, and they're, they're all snotty, and the eyes are
0: puffy and
1: that, then itchy throat, yeah, itchy eyes. Get it, yeah, yeah. Um, and do the same with rice and grains
0: and yeah, whatever else you've cut out. Yeah, You'll
1: you end up with stuff that works for them, or stuff that doesn't,
0: yeah. I mean, it, it, for people kind of listening, it might seem quite extreme, but it's such a valuable process to go through to understand like your own body. And it doesn't mean you're going to abstain from you know ever eating this stuff again, yeah, but that's all, yeah, it means that when. You, you,
1: you need to draw a line. Yeah. You need to say, well, I need to start with a clean palate. So let's take everything out. Yeah. Let my body just settle down and then I can bring it all back in again. Yeah. And see which ones make me feel like crap and which ones don't. And the other thing people've got to learn in that process is how do I feel after that meal? So if they're thinking to themselves about their energy, about how their mind's working, you know, how they feel gut wise after each meal, they can soon tell whether something's not right or not. So I'll give you an example. If I have eggs, bacon and mushrooms for breakfast, within 20 minutes I feel really tired, my eyes are puffy, they make me me want to close my eyes and I I just feel pretty lethargic. So that's egg, bacon and mushroom. If I just have egg and bacon, I'm absolutely fine. And That tells me my body doesn't like fungus, doesn't like mushrooms. Don't have them, yeah. so I know. You know, a lot of people say have mushrooms because it's a high fiber, very low calorie, low carb product, and it can fill out your meals, and it's this, that, and the other, and great. Yeah, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to get rid of mold and fungus out of our bodies. Why it is we put it back in? I don't know. So most people don't react that well with it, and I'm certainly one of them. So I know that. I so said, right, I can't have that. Put it away. I also know that if I have dark chocolate and almond butter that I'll be able to go for another three or four hours quite happily and um, be able to sit and uh, do my work if I'm I'm writing an article or I'm doing a blog post or whatever else it is and I can really plough through some work there because the facts in it work really well for me.
0: Yeah, well me too actually, that's a regular snack of mine actually as well.
1: So it's, you know, so long as you're a little bit acute and aware of what you're eating and how you feel afterwards, that's really important.
0: You know, you talked a little bit about fats there, but the general consensus on fats is that they're the enemy.
1: Well, I think it's changing now. I mean, it was, clearly. If we go back to the 50s and Ansel Keys and his studies and what he did with um, saturated fat and the rate of heart disease in countries that ate lots of saturated fat, um, it's, it's quite a famous study, I'm not going to bore you with it, but basically, he went to 22 countries, he looked at how much saturated fat they ate and what rate of heart disease they had, and then he came back and he, and he picked seven countries out, which showed in a straight line that the less fat you eat, the lower the risk of heart disease. Then he took that to the American government, who were very open to listen to him, and they changed their complete recommendation and said from now on low saturated low fat diet completely not even low saturated fat low fat diet high carbohydrate moderate protein and two things one the study was flawed because he cherry picked the seven nations that he wanted to make that line so if you take another seven cherry pits you can make the complete opposite you can show that the higher saturated fat, the lower the heart disease. And if you just looked at all 22, it just shows that it's pretty pretty average,
0: to be fair, it's pretty even throughout. Mm-hmm. But that's not very exciting. And then the second thing that happened
1: is we had, or we have now, what's this, 50, 65 years later, we've had the biggest human experiment in the history of mankind. And it's been proven without a shadow of a doubt that if you follow a diet of low fat, high carbohydrate, moderate protein, you will create the highest rates of cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes and obesity in the world.
0: There you go, loud and clear, eat fat. And
1: and we've got that now, today, so we know that works, for absolute sure. Yeah. If you're looking for health and longevity and being well, just because you live long, if you live long and you're sick, it's no fun. But if you're looking to have a long, healthy life, then those recommendations are probably not a good idea. I would say yeah. you know we've got we've got enough evidence now to show that hundreds of millions of people have died and and still suffer from those diseases because they've been told this is what you need to eat. Mm. We could go into huge amounts of stuff about why America is the biggest problem and their farming and their production of foods but that
0: for another day, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's two questions, actually. Like, I'm going to ask you, of before we sort of round things up, all right? And the first one that I definitely want more understanding on, I don't know if you can you can help us out with, and I'm sure everyone else will want to know it, is there's always questions about cholesterol. You mentioned the eggs there for your breakfast yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, what is what's what from your sort of side of things in your opinion is, is the deal with cholesterol and how do you combat that kind of question? If a client's saying I don't want to eat eggs in case my, my doctor said the cholesterol is yeah. going to get too high and blah blah blah, yeah. So cholesterol
1: is not generally affected by the dietary cholesterol you eat. So if you've got a sensible diet which is full of good quality lean protein. Can have the old fatty bit of meat or lamb when you know a couple of times a week. It's fine. If you're um, exercising, you're eating your vegetables, and doing everything else that you should be doing, then your cholesterol will not be affected. The thing that, so fat does not cause heart attacks, right? Cholesterol does not cause heart attacks. Fact. What causes heart attacks is stress. Stress within the body, high levels of cortisol, elevated chronically, so over a long period of time, will cause problems with the artery wall. So it will damage the artery wall and make it um, thin and hopefully not permeable, because if it does, then that's the end of it. But it will start thinning, thinning out the wall and causing problems, which the body then adapts to by laying down plaque or cholesterol over those problem areas
0: to strengthen them. Amazing. eh? If long term you keep getting stressed
1: over and over and over again, it lays down more and more and more and more cholesterol and then you get a blocked artery, then you get a heart attack and you die and you go, oh it's cholesterol you're eating. Mm -hmm. Nonsense. Right? So bear that in mind. Dietary cholesterol is not going to cause a problem unless you're chronically stressed. Now I went to the doctors last year and I got a blood test and it was brilliant because I get a blood test whenever I can because I always like to know what's going on. And so I'm sat in front of the doctor. Honestly, she could not have been more than 12 years old. God love her, right? And she said to me, oh, your cholesterol's high. So I said, okay, which
0: one? And she I was looked, just going to go into this, you were low and high, is, right. And,
1: and she looked at me like, what? I said, which one? Is
0: so that... she, looked at,
1: she looked at her screen and she looked back at me and she said, oh, both of them. I said, okay. I said, it's the imbalance
0: the that's the problem. It's not if they're both high, isn't it?
1: That's it. Yeah. So I said to her, What is the ratio then? And she said, The ratio's four. And I said, And that's okay, isn't it? And she said, Yes. I said, Well don't worry about it then.
0: Yeah. Now at my age, I would have automatically have been given statins. And, because it's high.
1: And they want to put that on you on put that put you on them for life. Yeah. Now that's another story about drugs that don't cure anything. Statins don't cure your cholesterol because if you stop taking them, you get high cholesterol again. So they do nothing other than give you side effects and try to manage the issue without going to the trouble of actually sorting your diet out.
0: Yeah, But
1: anyway, that's separate. So, so I said to her, you, know, if that's the ratio, then there's no problem, and you're right. So as long as your LDL and your HDL have the right ratio, if those numbers are high or low, it doesn't matter as long as the ratio is correct. When you get into testing for cholesterol, you really need to look at, the VLDL particle size and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite a complex thing. Mm -hmm. But your dietary intake is not going to make a significant effect on your cholesterol so long as you manage your stress. If you're chronically stressed, then it's a problem. And if while we're on fats very quickly, one of the things people have got to understand is saturated fat is only one fat and you get plenty of others that you also have got to be aware of so the other lot popular ones that people know about are omega 3 and omega6 mm-hmm. um, because omega-3s are good for you and omega6 are bad for you and the kind of is a truth in that the problem is omega-6 are pro-inflammatory which means that they will cause infl- inflammatory responses in the system and if you are overloaded with omega-6 you will get inflamed so the standard American diet Unfortunately, the standard UK diet, which is not the same as a standard European, because if it was, we'd all be eating Mediterranean food. But the standard, our, our sort of diet that we're brought up with is very, very high in omega 6. The ratio should be about 1 to 1, or maybe 2 to 1, omega 6 to omega 3. There are places here where we're hitting up like 20 to 1 in favour of omega 6. Hugely, hugely inflammatory. And What people don't realise is you need to get that balance right. So, omega six will come from things like, you know, the healthy seeds and nuts you're told to eat. Mm -hmm. People can overeat on them too easily, right? When we were cavemen, for example, if you were eating seeds and nuts, you weren't—you didn't have a five hundred grand bag available to you. You had to go and find a nut or a seed, and you ate them literally one at a time when you could find them.
0: Yeah. So, I'm angry with that too, yeah.
1: So you can't, it's like coconut oil. Coconut oil's good for you. Well, yeah, it is. If you've climbed the tree, got the coconut, husked it, shelled it, opened it, dug everything out and then eaten it, fine. That's very different to popping the lid off of a jar and putting a spoon in. Yeah. Right? So it's a very different reaction to your body. So, so with nuts and seeds, yes, you can have some, but just don't go mad for them. Um, the other thing people don't realise is the skin on poultry. So, turkey and um, chicken skin is very high in omega 6, very pro inflammatory. And so, people will eat that. And especially if we go then and talk about paleo, and you go, oh, yeah, but you can eat the, the skin because it's good for you, because it's like, you know, paleo says you can, and so on and so forth. And especially if it's organic and you want organic as opposed to non organic because it's where all the toxins are held and all that kind of stuff. But if you're eating loads and loads of skin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then you're going to get very pro inflammatory. So you do need to be careful with it and you'll be mindful of getting more omega-3 in you. So any, any oily fish, salmon, sardines, um, mackerel, that kind of stuff,
0: Yeah.
1: plant-based would be things like walnuts, flaxseed, both of those are quite good omega-3. So well, it's not just about saturated fats, it's about getting your omega-3, omega-6 ratio right and as long as you're eating healthy foods and it's in the right portions, Don't do anything to an excess. You're pretty much beyond the money. Because what will happen is you'll naturally manage your appetite. It's when you start eating loads of fast recent carbohydrates, sugars, and so on, that your your leptin and ghrelin levels and your insulin goes completely out the window and you end up eating everything in sight and not feeling full. And that's one of the main problems we get with competitors when they come off stage and they decide they're going to go and stuff their face with five thousand calories for that goes on for the next three weeks and they put on two stone. Yeah. And then, and that's where you've got to reverse out problem.
0: And as you say, like I I think a lot of a lot of this as well, some people might think you're kinda of overcomplicating it and stuff like that as well. But most people, like you said, don't address the issue until it's too late.
1: Well yeah, I mean if they've been brought up with you know, there's an ad, used to be an ad, and it still goes now, where it says Mum's gone to Iceland. Right, where they go and buy frozen food, buy a bag of chicken nuggets for a pound, put it straight in the oven, have that with your frozen chips and your peas, that's a healthy meal. And you see it on adverts as a healthy meal, a balanced diet. Yeah. If that's what they've been brought up with, then they just think it's normal. And the person next door eats it, and I go around to my cousin's house and they eat it. And So what's the problem? There's a big education issue when it comes to food. You know, Jamie Oliver's doing what he can to get the kids to understand things are different, but education is where it has to start. And if you've been brought up like that, and your whole family does it, and generations of your family does it, you're going to sit there and go, what's wrong with that? I mean, not being funny, man, I'm talking to somebody from the country that's got the deep fried Mars bar or whatever it is you lot do up there. Yeah. So, you know, education is quite important, and you can see why, if you go to some of the areas in, in any inner city, you know, the, the quality of food's quite poor, and the choices are very poor. And so people say, Yeah, but if I eat organic, it's really expensive. We go, Well, is that expensive or is the other food you're eating cheap? And mm-hmm. if it is cheap, what goes on to process it, to, to manufacture it? Because it, if it takes that much money to make decent food, what corners are they cutting to give you this crap that's costing you half the price? That's
0: a very good point, mate. Very good point. I love that. I've never, I've never. Th- looked at it from that perspective but I like that, I'll remember that. Right mate, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna round, round things up a little bit here. Go for it mate. Been brilliant today. I can talk,
1: sorry mate, I'll
0: go on a bit. No, nah, no, nah, it's fantastic, that was like, god, blown my mind, absolutely brilliant. So much valuable information there. But I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions, alright? So I'm going to ask you what your favourite exercise is in the gym. Overhead
1: squat.
0: <clears throat> Overhead squat, brilliant, good one. Favourite book?
1: Uh, my favourite book at the moment is The Hybrid Athlete by... Oh, surname is V-I-A-D-A. Oh, What's his first name? Can't remember. Look up The Hybrid Athlete, you'll find it. It's brilliant.
0: Brilliant. Okay, favourite quote?
1: Right, I knew you were going to ask me this. I'll have to read it out because it's quite long. Right. Hit me. So, it says... Man surprised me most about humanity because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he's so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present, the result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die and he dies having nearly, never really lived. And that to me I think is a brilliant quote and that's from Dalai Lama. Not that I'm religious or, well, I'm a bit spiritual, but I think that's brilliant.
0: Absolutely brilliant.
1: We've just got it wrong, basically. Totally wrong, yeah. Live, Live your life every day and enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Oh, mate, love it. Any kind of words of wisdom to sort of see us off here? Like, you would give to kind of people going along their journey looking to, to maximise their performance not only from their body and the way it looks but just in general with, the, with their lifestyle and, and how they think, you know feel and the, function? The,
1: the, the things that I would concentrate on for anyone is get your sleep right and I know people will go, well, what's that about? But that is probably one of the most important things for you to be able to regenerate yourself and be able to live a long, healthy life. So get your sleep right. Find the fuel mix that works for you, which means find the right amount of carbohydrate and protein and fat in your daily diet that gives you the energy you need but the focus you need as well. Everyone's individual. You've got to tinker around with that and mess about with it. Eat well, so eat the foods that are good for you, but eat the ones you like. There's no point. I had a conversation with someone today. He said, oh, I'll do this blend in the morning of whatever it is. And, and then I drink it on the train, but it makes me gag. So well, why the bloody are you drinking it then, you mad woman? <laughs> right? It's got spinach in it, it's got this and that. And so it sounds foul, so don't stop it. Stop being silly, right? And the other thing that I'm going to leave you with is a supplement that I am huge, huge fan of, and it's nucleotides. And nucleotides are needed in every Cell replication in the body—you need three billion of them every time you replicate a new cell—and they are found in the diet in organ meats, liver, heart, lungs, kidneys, that kind of stuff. All the stuff we don't eat anymore. Wow. Um, so when it comes from to a health perspective, not only are they very, very good for for the gut and the gut wall, they're extremely important for immune function. And they will get you recovery like you will not believe if you're training. So like, all my athletes take it, um, and it is something that actually I'm going to write a post probably this weekend, um, speaking out and just saying right from now on, every client of mine is going to be recommended them regardless of what it is. So that's my that's my tips. Love that nucleotides. Okay, and if you want to know more about it, then go to my Facebook and. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to look some stuff up but it's pretty
0: cool that was my last question so where do they find you where's your Facebook what is your, your website and stuff
1: go to Facebook um, you can find me I mean i just uh, Athletic Fitness and Nutrition um, is the is the business page but go to Paul Burgess go to the link on there and go to Paul Burgess because that's where i stick all my stuff which is my, private, which is my personal page and um, I don't know why, I'll just do. Um, if you can't find me there, then go through Adam because we're friends, so you can get through him through there. Um, Instagram is at Athletic Nutrition. Facebook is at Athletic Nutri. And the website is AthleticNutrition.tv. So any of those, you can find me. And if that's if you can't get through to any of them, send an email to Adam and he'll forward it to me.
0: Magic. I'm going to post all those links anyway with sure. uh, with this post in the blog, so they will be able to get them there. So, mate, thank you very much for coming on. That was absolutely Pleasure, brilliant. I think I probably could have talked to you for hours and hours and hours there. I have got so many questions down here well, written. Let's
1: just set up another one, and yeah. we'll do it. And, yeah, set up some other questions, and we'll talk about other things.
0: Magic. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Right. Thanks for coming on, Paul.
1: Pleasure, mate. Appreciate
0: your time. Cheers. listen
1: to the podcast, and we'll speak soon.
0: Thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers.